The Morning After podcast brought to you by Idaho Advocates. You didn't deserve to be in an accident, but you do deserve an advocate. Make sure you hit them up on their website, IdahoAdvocates.com. What up, what up? It is The Morning After with Nick and Big J. Just Nick for the rest of this week. Big J, once again, feels like this is a running theme, headed to Las Vegas, as he was just a few months ago. But almost for the same reason, and almost with the same people. But not really. He is headed there to represent the radio station at a uh, conference that uh, is a gathering of rock radio stations from across the country, uh, where there will be many showcases from up-and-coming bands, some we've heard of, others we haven't. And Big J will be there to represent us in that particular environment, and then also, by proxy, uh, do all of the drinking that a staff of a rock radio station would do, all of the Las Vegas debauchery, So he's got a lot of responsibility on his shoulders over the next couple of days. And of course, because, you know, we live in Boise, it takes 22 hours to get to Vegas. He's got to fly to like Seattle and then to like Chicago. And then he finally gets to Vegas at some point today. But he's got a full day. So he is out today. He is out tomorrow. He is out Friday and will return next week. uh, Hopefully healthy and uh, with a bunch of rock knowledge in his noggin. Uh, We will see how that works out because he will be quizzed upon his return. In the meantime, I will be flying solo and doing a little thing called Streaming Dumbass. You guys selected a movie for me to watch. Well, technically not. Uh, The the actual, you know, voting ended in a tie yesterday. And Big J selected the movie Players, of which I watched last night on Netflix. I will give you a full and unbiased review on that particular film coming up before 7 o'clock this morning. You will have an opportunity to win Jelly Roll tickets before they go on sale. It's called Win It Before You Can Buy It. Understand? And uh, those go on sale on Friday morning, but we got our hands on tickets early. I will pass them on to you. We also have tickets to a sold-out Beartooth show on Friday, and we are going to invite you to join us at the X session. Coors Light is presenting an X session with Beartooth on Friday. I will be hosting that at noon, and you will be invited to come in, meet the band, check out the very intimate, exclusive acoustic performance, Enjoy some delicious porta sub sandwiches and uh, take some pictures and basically witness history. It's really cool to be up and close to a band that is that huge and playing smaller venues on purpose and then coming in here and playing acoustically for like 15 people. It's, yeah, it's pretty awesome. So we'll give you a chance to win that coming up this morning. We have the usual We're Going to Hell. We're going to play Pop Culture Smackdown, X Listener versus X Listener style. We will have a run of headlines. All of it is on the agenda today, so it should be a pretty busy Wednesday show. And we play music, damn it. So let's get started with some Jane's Addiction this morning, shall we? It's Jane Says on the X-Rocks. With Nick and Big J. Now, I don't want to strain myself patting myself on the back too hard. But two weeks ago, you may remember, on this very show, we talked about Bush Hamden departing the Boise State Broncos to take the offensive coordinator gig and coach quarterbacks at the University of Kentucky. And at the time, Jay and I had a discussion about who would be a good choice to take over the offensive coordinator position. And Jay threw out some names, and then I said, hey, 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 what about Dirk Cutter? And that's when Big Jay called me an idiot. Well, guess what happened yesterday? Guess what happened yesterday? Dirk Cutter is going to come back to coach the offense for your Boise State Broncos, which is probably about as good news as you can get if you are a Bronco fan. This should make you very, very excited that he is going to take back over this offense and for an entire season. 
because uh, we're only a couple weeks away from spring practice for Boise State. And then April 20th is their annual spring scrimmage. But basically, it's going to be a pretty big deal that Dirk Cutter is back in blue and on the blue. Because if you remember back in the 2022 season, Tim Plow was fired after about four games as offensive coordinator from Andy Avalos. Dirk Cutter came in and essentially turned that whole season around. Uh, they were 2-2 two and two when he took over, and then they rattled off seven of eight games and even won or appeared in the conference championship game and won the Frisco Bowl as well. So that tenure was pretty good. And now Dirk Cutter is coming back with arguably some of the most talented, at least on paper, recruits that this team has had in a very long time and the return of Ashton Genty. So there are some weapons on this offense that under Dirk Cutter, a former offensive coordinator for the Broncos, a former offensive coordinator in the NFL, a former NFL head coach, a former Bronco head coach, can possibly get some really, really good things and call up some really, really good plays for these talented kids that are coming in and playing on the blue this year. So if you are a recruit, and you signed up to join the Broncos in the offseason. This should make you very happy if you're on the offensive side of the ball. If you're a fan, this, I believe, is the best possible case scenario for your Boise State Broncos. So this feels like it's a really, really good move in the best way this could have possibly played off for the Broncos when they found out that Bush Tamden was leaving the team. So good gig, Broncos. Welcome back, Mr. Cutter. Enjoy your time back on the field. And let's see if we can't maybe... Roll off a couple of victories here in 2024. That would be nice. Caitlin Clark from Iowa plays a big game tonight against Minnesota. She needs 50 points to uh, be the NCAA Division I scoring leader for men and women. Right now, Pete Maravich is the all-time scoring leader, but Caitlin Clark's in line for it. Now, it's unlikely she'll set the mark tonight because 50 is a lot of points, but it is possible. And something to keep an eye on if you're interested in getting a glimpse of sports history in the making. Uh, she, of course, has been the face for women's basketball for probably the last two years, and she's setting all sorts of career marks this year, and that one would be a big one uh, just in sports in general, not just female sports. So it's something to keep an eye on if you're a fan of history, and I suggest that you do just that. Hard to believe, but uh, it's been 10 years of The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, Jay and I are very vocal about how we're not a fan of the show, but there are a lot of people that are, and it's okay. You're allowed to be. Uh, They're going to have a two-hour anniversary show airing in primetime on May 14th. The special will feature some of the show's favorite sketches, celebrity guests, and musical performances. Probably won't be surprised to find out that Jimmy Fallon somehow finds a way to wedge himself into every single one of them. My biggest beef with that show is like, uh, you know, I know it's The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. That doesn't mean that I need to see Jimmy Fallon in every single thing trying to make it about him. But that's kind of what it is. Like, even when the musical guests come on, Jimmy Fallon's got to be in the middle of it playing, like, in a keyboard or something. It's like, all right, dude, we get it. It's your show. But, of course, it's been a big get for NBC, and uh, they are happy ever since he took over The Tonight Show again from Jay Leno 10 years ago. And so why not celebrate your wins when they're so few and far between? So uh, it's happening on May 14th. If you're a fan, uh, it'll be on primetime. You don't even have to stay up late to watch Jimmy Fallon's uh, anniversary show. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your first round of important stuff coming up. I got a review of the movie Players. Let's not forget 
We're going to talk a little technology, specifically streaming services, next on the X Rocks. It's latest in the Foo Fighters. It's called The Glass here on The Morning After with Nick and Big J. I'm not sure why streaming networks have suddenly decided to make it as difficult as possible for you to watch them, but it is becoming a, a new trend. Now, I guess I understand at the end of the day why they're cutting down on password sharing, because of course they are, which makes it inconvenient for all of us, but you know we're doing that not above board, right? I mean, you can't exactly be upset. You can be pissed that maybe you don't have access anymore, but you can't be upset that somebody's going, hey, you're not paying for this and you know it. Let's knock that off. But you, if, even if you are paying for Netflix, now you are having some issues, specifically if you use the Apple app or Apple Pay to pay for your Netflix account. Now, there are plenty of people that use Apple Pay for pretty much everything. And if you're one of those, you may lose access to your Netflix account if you're paying that way because uh, they are starting to urge customers, Netflixes that is, who pay for the streaming subscription through Apple's App Store and Apple Pay to switch their payment method. Uh, users billed through Apple will be prompted to change their payment plan. And if a new payment method is not added by the subscription renewal date, the member won't be able to use their Netflix account until a new payment method is provided. Uh, for some reason, this change is primarily impacting members on Netflix's basic plan in countries like the United States and Canada. But unfortunately, what doesn't happen is uh, they're not giving me any explanation as to why. I don't know why Netflix is no longer accepting Apple Pay unless maybe they're getting into some weird proprietary issues because Apple has its own streaming service and they don't want anything to do with it. So I don't know if it's bad blood or if it's something else because everybody else is okay with Apple Pay. But for some reason, Netflix is not. So something to keep in mind. Apparently, this is going to start really kind of going into effect in April. So you have yourself a little bit over a month to figure this stuff out and find a way other than through your Apple account to pay for Netflix. But uh, again, they're just making it as hard as they possibly can to watch it. Speaking of Netflix, I watched a movie on it. It is called Players. I will give you a full review next on the X-Rocks. That is Disturbed. That is Stupefy here on The Morning After with Nick and Big J. Yesterday, it was tasked for me to watch a film called Players, courtesy of Streaming Dumbass. We did a reverse Streaming Dumbass yesterday because Big J is out for the rest of this week. And so I had to watch a movie Last night, it ended up in a tie, so Big J broke that tie by selecting a romantic comedy, which is on Netflix. Also happens to be one of the top 10 films that is currently streaming on Netflix. And uh, it is a romantic comedy called Players. And he selected it for me for a couple of reasons. Number one, romantic comedy is one of his favorite genres. Number two, uh, he, he saw that it was kind of set in the sports world, although we'll get into how exactly set into the sports world it is. And he wanted me to watch it to see if it was something I would enjoy. And so I did exactly that. And I, I will say this, you know, listen, we, we've all been on this earth long enough. We, we kind of have an idea of romantic comedies, right? They, they all follow the exact same formula, which is to say, uh, usually it's a group of people. Somebody in said group falls in love with somebody or wants to date somebody or is dating somebody that uh, somebody or maybe the entire group feels like is not somebody they should be dating. Uh, that person is, you know, kind of like, uh, I guess, confronting them on that particular instance or not getting along with them because of it. And then the person they're with does something that is so 
uh, out of uh, control that they can finally see that their friend group was right. And then wouldn't you know it, somebody in their friend group was the person that they were in love with all along, you guys. And that person ends up together. And that's kind of the formula of uh, romantic comedies. And so you know what you're getting into the second you turn on the movie players because it's got a, a very fun cast. Gina Rodriguez plays Mac. She is the female lead of this movie. Uh, Jane the Virgin, or if you watch Big Mouth, Gina Rodriguez pops up in that. Damon Wayans Jr., who I absolutely love, is one of the friend group. Uh, Tom Ellis is the uh, the romantic kind of interest for Gina Rodriguez. He was Lucifer in the Lucifer TV series, if you're familiar with that. And then a bunch of people are kind of scattered around them that uh, you may not recognize. The only one that maybe looks familiar is Ego Woden, who is on Saturday Night Live and very talented as well. Uh, but it's basically about a group of friends who have been friends forever since uh, at least 12 years. And it's a group, it's called Players because they all work at this newspaper. Gina Rodriguez works in the sports department of this newspaper, but also they're players because it's a group of four friends that kind of run games at bars and stuff and help each other to get laid. Does that make sense? So they're all doing kind of like cons and short games and long games to try to get themselves laid and they're really good at it they're all very well versed in having sexual relations congratulations but uh gina rodriguez runs into somebody that uh, she thinks she may want to have a relationship with and so then they decide to build this relationship on a bed of lies and try to con this gentleman into getting into a full-blown relationship not just a one-night stand with with mac gina rodriguez's character and it works the problem is uh, her friends don't think that this guy, Nick, is right for her, and she doesn't see it. She's just happy being with a really successful, incredibly handsome man, and they're doing all the things right. Now, here's where Players is kind of different. Uh, it's not like Nick, the character, is a jerk or is even, like, does anything bad. He appears to be a really good boyfriend and a really good guy. But uh, he is a very good writer, and Mac is kind of like an up-and-coming sports reporter. And uh, really, the big thing that he does wrong is he's not a real big fan of Mac's writing. And that that's a game-changer for her friend. Uh, he's not a jerk about it. He gives her some advice. He tries to help her, but nobody likes the fact that he doesn't like her writing. And so that turns everybody off on him. And then, of course, Gina Rodriguez realizes that, uh, or through the help of her friends, that there's somebody else in her group that she falls in love with. And so it's all about the kind of details in between. Is it worth making this movie uh, a, a watch? And I would say, listen, if you like romantic comedies, I, Big J would love this movie. There's not really a lot of sports in it. There kind of is, but it's very, very fringe. Uh, I laughed a couple of times. It's not nearly as funny as I would hope a movie starring Damon J. Wayans Jr. would be, but he is great in it. And uh, listen, it passed the time. I've seen a lot worse romantic comedies than players. I'll give you that. And there were some very funny moments in this movie. I wouldn't call it drop-dead hilarious or an awesome romantic comedy. Like, it's not... It's not upper level romantic comedy to me, which would include movies like High Fidelity and Return to Me and that kind of thing, in my personal opinion. But it is a serviceable and fine romantic comedy. It's way better than like the Hallmark movies or the Lifetime movies or anything like that. So I will give it that. It is rated R, not for any other reason other than there's a bunch of F-bombs and S-bombs in this movie. So it's not like, you know, take your kids to the movie kind of night if you're worried about adult language. Uh, and, it, you know, there are some things that are a little bit kind of like movie in there. Like, wow, wouldn't you believe it? The, the way that they catapult to superstardom in the world of newspaper writing. What? 
But it, there are certainly some fun parts in this movie. So I would say, while I'm not over the moon about it, I would give it a recommendation. If you enjoy romantic comedies, you're probably going to like this movie just fine. I thought it was perfectly serviceable. If I had to give it a letter grade, I would probably give it a C plus B minus. So uh, you could spend your time doing a lot worse things. So I would give this a, uh, a, a approval overall. So if you're looking for a romantic comedy, the movie is called Players. It's on Netflix, and I watched it because of streaming dumbass. You are welcome. Morning After with Nick and Big J coming up in a few short minutes. Some important stuff, and we're going to hell. And this we're going to hell story is a doozy. Hold on. It's the X. Nick and Big J. I mean this in the best way possible. But we see a lot of surveys doing the kind of show that we do. We don't talk about all of them, but the ones that we do talk about are very, very interesting to me. And I have decided that uh, if you take it apart in a survey, y'all a bunch of liars, man. Just straight up. Just straight up. I don't know if you're trying to impress the person that's asking the questions or... You don't want it to come back on you, even if it's anonymous. But I, I'm not I'm not believing any part of this particular poll. They surveyed 20,000 people here in America about luck. How lucky are you? And I don't know what this has to do with luck or unluck. But they started talking about luck and poop. Two things that go hand in hand. And they asked people, hey, have you ever stepped in dog poop? Like in your life, have you ever stepped in dog poop? And only 25% of people said they've ever stepped in dog poop, which means 75% of you are somehow saying never in your life have you stepped in dog poop. And no offense, I ain't buying it. Like, I'll buy 10%, I'll buy 15%, but I'm not buying 75% have never stepped in dog poop in their life. That's a bananas number. Now, nobody's happy when they do it, but man, if you have a dog, that has happened. You've never done it on purpose, but you've had to pick up some poop in your yard. And you missed a mine. It happens from time to time. Or you're just walking and it happens. Like you're not paying attention to where you go. You, oh man, I stepped in dog crap. Like it doesn't happen a ton, but it's happened. Unless you're never leaving your house, I can't fathom how in some point, whether you were a child or a teenager or a full-blown adult, how you haven't stepped in dog crap at some point in your life. But hey, if 75% of you want to tell me you haven't, I guess I'll take you at your word. But I want you to know I'm looking at you real sideways going, you sure about that? Because it seems like somebody, everybody has stepped in dog poop at some point in their life. But if you want to say 75% of you haven't, that's fine. Speaking of luck, by the way, here's the other crazy part of this survey. 37% of people say they would let a bird poop on them because uh, they consider it to be good luck. Now, I'm not here to discourage, or discourage your beliefs in any kind of like good luck, bad luck scenarios. But you don't let a bird poop on you, first of all. Either that happens or it doesn't. I think that's part of the luck side of things. Like, nobody's letting you, like, watching a bird fly over them and chasing it underneath, hoping that it will drop crap on your shoulder and give you a lucky day. But letting a bird poop on you seems like a really, really weird statement to me as well. 
45% of us believe that bad luck or good luck comes in threes. On average, adults experience 543 weekly unlucky moments, excuse me, unlucky moments per year, not per week. So we got 543 instances where we go, ah, that's just bad luck. Uh, Unfortunately, they didn't get into the good luck side of things, so I don't know which has more coming our way. But congratulations on dodging that dog poop, I guess. Ole Miss quarterback Jackson Dart is taking advantage of the new name, image, and likeness rules in a cool way. He just signed an NIL deal with a private jet company. God, must be nice. He is going to do a deal with Nicholas Ayer that will allow him to use the company's fleet of private jets for travel, training, vacations, whatever. So nice NIL deal, dude. Bad, it's getting sweet. I wonder if uh, like people that are pros now in football are going, damn it, man, all this cool stuff I missed out on by going to college just five years earlier. Crazy. If you enjoyed Michael Fassbender in The Killer, the Netflix film directed by David Fitcher, here's what's next. He's going to star in a thriller series called The Department. It will be directed by George Clooney. It's based on the hit French spy show called The Bureau. Showtime already given it a straight-to-series order, so this thing is going to see the light of day. And that is what he's up to now. So apparently he enjoys these espionage, secret killer kind of things because he was very good in The Killer. If you haven't watched it yet, it's on Netflix. It's pretty damn good. Uh, And now he's doing something with George Clooney. But uh, does anybody have Showtime? I don't know. I know that's where you find Yellow Jackets, but that's all I know about Showtime. And I know I don't have it. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There is your important stuff. We've got an opportunity for you to go to hell with us. That is next on the X-Rock. The Morning After with Nick and Big J on 100.3 The X-Rocks. We are headed to Missouri for today's We're Going to Hell story, and this story is next-level bonkers. I mean, it is crazy. So it starts in November of last year, Okay. Uh, an unnamed 60-year-old man calls 911, suffered a tragic accident on a farm where he has been working when a brush hog rotary mower chopped off not one, but both of his legs, right? So we're talking horror show right off the bat. So police responded to the 911 call at the farm. They found the man, sure enough, Both legs are missing, and tourniquets are placed on both stumps. So they feel like, oh my God, what a terrible accident. Let's give this guy help. They get into the hospital as soon as as possible. He starts to basically kind of level out in terms of normalcy, and slowly but surely, he gets back to normal life. And he decides, he's kind of kicking around, okay, who... I mean, listen, this happened at work. This happened with a piece of work machinery. Maybe I can start suing some people. But as the month kind of followed the supposed accident, investigators started to doubt his story. So here's where everything starts to come unraveled, right? First of all, they found out at the hospital that the man was already in the system because he had been there plenty of times because he was a paraplegic. So he already had no use of his legs, right? So now the investigators were like, well, how did he even get in the path of the mower if he's a paraplegic? Why was he doing that job on the farm in the first place? Why was this his responsibility? Sure, a paraplegic can do so many different things, but why would they have him out in the yard doing manual labor in which he could find himself in the path of a gigantic hog rotary mower that would chop off both of his legs? 
They also wondered why the wounds on his legs were really, really clean. Like it was a straight kind of like chop when it's like usually when they, when somebody gets their legs run over by something or caught in a mower, it's not a clean cut. It's it's pretty, pretty sloppy, as it were. And uh, and so they were wondering why there wasn't a bloodier mess. And also, they couldn't find his severed legs anywhere. They didn't know where his legs went. So the investigators started to really dive down into this thing. And they eventually found that this guy was planning to commit insurance fraud by staging the entire accident. In fact, they found a man that admitted that this particular gentleman paid him $7,000 to actually cut off of his legs with a hatchet because he couldn't feel it anyway. And he thought this might be an easy way to get a payday by suing the farm and the equipment that was on the farm to get himself some insurance claims. So now they've uncovered the entire story. He paid a dude to chop off his legs. Uh, the dude did not tell the officers or couldn't tell the officers what happened to the legs after he was done with them because he didn't dispose of them. So there still is the where's the leg mystery. Legs, uh, plural, excuse me, mystery. Uh, which was never tied up. But this gentleman who had his legs cut off kind of caught wind that the officers weren't buying his story. So he never has filed any kind of claim or any kind of lawsuit with the insurance company. So, no, you know, charges have been filed because there's no crime that's really been committed other than this guy has paid a dude to cut off his own leg. But that's real troubling, right? That doesn't seem like a really good plan. And so many mistakes made along the way and so much self-sacrifice. I mean, God, man. That's crazy. And then it didn't even work on top of it all. Terror, one of the worst plans ever, I would say. It's right up there. So file that under do not recommend. That doesn't seem like it's very, very smart. And now this guy's paying the price. And who knows what charges may come down the road. But don't do that. Don't pay somebody to chop off your legs, guys. You're better than that. Morning after with Nick and Big J. There's your we're going to hell story. Told you it was a doozy. It is the X Rocks. Incubus, wish you were here. The morning after with Nick and Big J. No Big J for the rest of this week. I am flying solo, but I am here to tell you to keep your hand off of your horn. At least as much as you possibly can. Because now apparently you can, no matter what, get fined for it and have to pay for it. I, I don't know of anybody that has ever been ticketed and or arrested for excessive horn honking, but it happened. Uh, her name is Susan Porter. She lives in San Diego, and she got a traffic ticket she received because she honked her horn repeatedly near a political rally, and uh, they ticketed her for disturbing the peace, and that came down, and she wanted to fight it. God, she was angry about it. Uh, she believed that honking her horn during a political protest was free speech and all that, you know, First Amendment stuff. And uh, she lost and lost and lost all the way up. But this is a woman that did not want to take no for an answer. She took it to the damn Supreme Court, not the Supreme Court of California, the Supreme Court of the United States of America, because she, again, claimed it was a free speech issue. 
And the Supreme Court are the end-all, be-all when it comes to things like that. And uh, earlier this week, the Supreme Court came back with their opinion. And they pretty much told this poor woman to pound sand. The car horn in the eyes of the Supreme Court of the United States is not, quote, the sound of democracy in action, which is what Porter's lawyers argued. Instead, the court rejected the case, officially declined without comment to review the law that led to Porter's traffic and ticket and said this had nothing to do with free speech or the First Amendment. So that's it. No more appeals. No more lawsuits. Game over. Uh, They estimate that Susan Porter spent about $32,700 in appeals, attorney fees, and court costs to get this all the way to the Supreme Court. I would love to have your guesses as to how much the ticket was originally that she was fighting. And if you guessed $200, you would be absolutely correct. So this woman spent $32,700 in trying to fight a ticket that eventually she lost courtesy of the Supreme Court of the United States and now she will have to pay that $200 ticket. This is one of those mountain out of a mohill situations where you're like, really, was it it worth the battle? I mean, even if you think you're right, even if you might be right, I don't think even if she had won this case, anybody is going to think of her as like some sort of, you know, figurehead of democracy when it happened. Uh, That's not how this would work. Even if she was like, yes, you can honk your horn at any political rally you want. Thanks, Susan. You really fought the good fight there. Even if she was victorious, I'm not sure how much of an impact it would have made. But then when you lose and you're out $32,000 plus another $200 for the original ticket, it almost seems like it, it maybe wasn't worth it, you know? I don't want to say your whole life is a lie, Susan, but that that feels like a battle that was not worth fighting. It's one of those things that I I always try to do some sort of internal monologue whenever I'm about to, like, get into an argument or even pipe up. I'm like, is this the hill I want to die on? And if the answer is no, then usually I'm just going to go about my way. But apparently this is a hill she wanted to die on and die she did. Thankfully, not in real life, just in only a legal form. But not not a smart play, I don't think. But she must have had the money to fight it. Otherwise, she probably wouldn't. So I uh, don't feel too sorry for her. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your horn honking update. Coming up in a few minutes, your important stuff. We got to play X-Listener versus X-Listener Pop Culture Smackdown for some pretty big prizes. That's on the way as well on the X. On the Morning After with Nick and Big J. Sounds like I have the honor to introduce you to a phenomenon known as happy fat. Have you heard of it before? Maybe you have if you're a dude and you're married. Because that is a phenomenon that is taking over basically married men everywhere. doesn't matter what country you live in. It is something that apparently hits us right between the eyes the second we say I do. uh, And it hits men specifically. Basically, uh, what they found is roughly around five years after marriage, men tend to eat a whole bunch more and exercise less. So they believe that marriage connects dudes to a significant effect on our BMI and married men are way more likely to be overweight or obese than men that are single. And they, they think it's because they are so happy and comfortable in the relationship 
about five years in, they go, you know what? She loves me. I love her. He loves me. I love him. Let's let's put a little extra ranch on the chicken nugs today. Let's go ahead and drink that buttermilk right out of the carton. Glub, glub. And next thing you know, you put on some LBs. You're not getting out to the gym as much. Your significant other is starting to go, hmm, what did I sign up for here? But it is a common occurrence. You're not the only one going through it if that happens to be the case. Uh, Because men technically tend to have a little bit more battles with obesity as they age. And after marriage, apparently, it is even more prevalent. So something to keep in mind. Also, they did do this on both men and women. They found out that uh, five-year marriage effect does not have the same effect on women as it does on men. So happy fat is just a male thing. The way to go, guys. We did it. Put up the mission accomplished banner and go on with your day. Nobody can argue that the Carolina Panthers are probably the worst team in the NFL, and they probably will be for a long time. They finished 2-15 last season. They do not have a first-round pick because they traded away last year to get the number one overall pick in the draft, and it did not work out. They've had a losing record for the last six seasons, but despite that terrible information and the results in the field, the Carolina Panthers are still raising ticket prices by about 4 to 10% next season. So even though I don't think the Carolina Panthers will be any better, it will still cost you more to see them than it did this year when they were equally terrible. America. If you are lucky enough to be a collector, you may want to pay attention to this. A family in Canada now has a nice nest egg after they found a set of unopened 1979-1980 OPG hockey cards. Uh, That happens to be something that you probably haven't heard of, but in one of those packs was a Wayne Gretzky rookie card. And uh, that is a pretty big get because they were able to auction that off for $3.27 million, sorry, $3.72 million to an anonymous bidder. So now they have almost $4 million because they found some old hockey cards in their attic. Search everywhere, everyone. You may not be familiar with the name R. Lance Hill, but this man is a screenwriter extraordinaire. Really only has one title underneath his belt, but he did write the original Roadhouse movie starring Patrick Swayze by any estimation, a straight-up classic. And he is pissed at Amazon because they are remaking his movie starring Jake Gyllenhaal. The suit claims that Hill filed a petition in 2021 to have the rights of the film, the original one, revert back to him when the United Artists claim expired in November of 2023. Amazon allegedly ignored that petition and then rushed to finish the remake before the deadline by using AI voices in the film stars to get around the SAG after strike. After that idea failed, the movie wasn't finished until January, which is well after the deadline, and Hill actually does have the rights to the movie. So Hill is basically trying really hard to make sure that nobody sees this film, which is supposed to be uh, released on March 21st on Amazon Prime, So he could block it. My guess is he's looking for a payday and Amazon could pay him a couple million dollars and he would shut up. But I don't know if that's the case or if he really, really wants to make his own version of Roadhouse. But here's the other thing. I don't even know if Doug Simon, the director of Roadhouse, would be pissed if he won this lawsuit. Because Simon is very, or Lyman, excuse me, very upset that uh, this thing isn't getting a theatrical release anyway. 
So there is some drama revolving around Roadhouse, and we may not see that remake in March like we originally thought. We'll keep you posted on all the Roadhouse news we can find. Morning After with Nick and Big J. Going to give you a chance to win some pretty big prizes with a little X-Listener versus X-Listener. Pop Culture Smackdown. That is next on the X-Rocks. Culture Smackdown. On the Morning After with Nick and Big J. Yep, it's about that time to play some Pop Culture Smackdown. With Big J out the rest of this week, it is an opportunity for you to take on a fellow X-Listener. I need two contestants on the phone to play a game called Pop Culture Smackdown. Our phone number is 208-287-1003. And we're going to do something a little bit different despite the already different stuff that we are doing with Big J being out. It's going to be an opportunity for you to pick your own prize. And both prizes are pretty good, in my humble opinion. You have the opportunity to either go to the sold-out Beartooth concert on Friday at the Knitting Factory Concert House, and we will also invite you and a guest to the Coors Light X session, which is happening at noon, so you'll get to meet Beartooth, hang out during their acoustic performance, see a very intimate, cool thing, and also then later on that evening go to the concert, which is awesome. Or you can select the grand prize of Jelly Roll tickets for his show August 28th at the Ford Idaho Center Arena before they even go on sale. I will let you dictate what prize you have, but you first must defeat a fellow ex-listener in a game of Pop Culture Smackdown, and today's pop culture questions may not be very easy because they all revolve around a day. Today is National Tooth Fairy Day that may give you an idea which way these questions are leaning, but I will give you multiple choices for each question. So, let's get contestant number one. Good morning, the X. Morning. Hey, what's up, man? What's your name? Joe. Joe, you are contestant number one. I need you to hold on one second. Let me get you somebody to play against, okay? Set. Don't go anywhere, Joe. Let's get a contestant. Hello, the X. Hey, who's this? Jimmy. Jimmy. Congratulations. You're contestant number two. Oh, no, I lost Joe. Uh, J- Jimmy, you're contestant number one now. Hang on one second. That's my fault, Joe. I screwed that up. Forgive me. Hello, the X. Hey, who's this? Jake. 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 All right, everybody, turn down your radios because we're going to play a game of Pop Culture Smackdown. Jimmy, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Wonderful. I answered your phone call first, so you'll get the first question. Jimmy, what tough guy actor played the Tooth Fairy on the big screen in the movie The Tooth Fairy? Was it Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Arnold Schwarzenegger, or Vin Diesel? Vin Diesel? Vin Diesel is incorrect, Jimmy. Thank you for playing, though. We love you. Jake, that means the question is yours. What tough guy actor played the Tooth Fairy in the movie The Tooth Fairy? Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Arnold Schwarzenegger, or Vin Diesel? The Rock. The Rock is right. Correct. Well done. And by rules of X listener versus X listener, Jake, that means you are the winner for this morning. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Uh, that means you get to pick your prize. Uh, Jake, do you want tickets to go check out Beartooth and X session passes, or do you want to go to Jelly Roll in August? Let's go to Jelly Roll. You got it, sir. Hang on one second. I will hook you up with those Jelly Roll tickets. That's how it works, which means the Beartooth tickets and opportunities will be available for you 
with bad impressions later on this morning. So keep listening if you want to win your way into that on Friday. Well done, Jake. Uh, Again, my apologies to Joe. I screwed you over. That was not done on purpose. But you are all set to go for some jelly roll action. And there's your pop culture smackdown. Headlines are next on the X Rocks. News. You have our word on it. For whatever that's worth. It's headlines on the morning after with Nick and Big J. Headline number one is bad plan. A Tampa man has been accused of attempting to steal a plane. But that didn't work out, and instead he crashed it into a fence and a pole. His name is Bruce Plummer, and he now is facing several charges related to the incident. According to the police report, Plummer broke into two planes, but could only get one to start. And he can be seen on surveillance camera footage leaving the aircraft late Monday night. After his arrest, he was charged with burglary, possession of a bulletproof vest during a crime, and other charges. But it really kind of went downhill, no pun intended, when... He realized, or maybe he didn't know, I'm sure he realized before he got into a plane that he didn't know how to fly a plane, which is almost, I mean, I don't pretend to know a lot about stealing things, but rule number one would be if you're going to steal a vehicle, any kind, uh, knowing how to operate it is probably paramount and making sure that you know everything to make this as successful as possible. But for some reason, Bruce decided to take something he had no idea how it worked. And like, best case scenario, Bruce, you get this airplane in the air, then what? Like, what? You ain't no way you know how to land it. You know you got to go down, I'm sure. But you're not landing that thing successfully. So thank goodness you could only run it into a fence and a pole. Because that really could have gotten ugly. Also, how easy are planes to steal? Like... First, you got to find a hangar. Then you got to break into a plane. Can you hotwire a plane? I don't know anything about plane theft. Neither does Bruce, apparently. Headline number two, jumping the shark. Uh, If you couldn't get your hands on one of those Stanley Cups, not the actual NHL trophy, but one of the fancy ones that you maybe could have found at Target for like 10 minutes, you might be able to pay somebody to take a selfie with one. God help us all. But some Stanley owners are charging for the opportunity to hold one of their cups and then take a photo so you can get that precious, precious online clout that you want to on your Instagram. A January 9th post is offering the service for $10, while others are asking upwards of $20 and $40 for a pose with one of the coveted pink cups. And then uh, $10 to snap a photo with the white one. Nobody wants the white one. If you don't want a selfie, you can also shell out cash for a photo of a Stanley. One Redditor found a listing of selling pictures of the Tumblr for $150 uh, in different various positions that you then can Photoshop into your own photos. Uh, listen, man, I I don't I don't know. I don't understand trends like this. I don't think I ever will. I don't think it's for me. But the second you're shelling out $150 for a Photoshop package that you can put into your own photos for online stuff when you can't find a Stanley Cup, that's that's like you need some couch time. You need some therapy to figure out why this is so important to you and why you've let social media do this to you and your personality. It's not good. It's not good. But they're popular and people are paying for it. So, hey, capitalism. Wrap it up with horse crap, one of Big J's famous catchphrases from back in the day, but a Polish man is looking at up to five years behind bars after he stole a horse and then tried to hide it in his third floor apartment. And it worked for a while until the smell alerted neighbors that something wasn't right in the apartment. 
Police thought they were being punked when somebody called to report a man thinking or the thinking that one of their neighbors had a horse in his apartment. But when they were dispatched out to check it out, they were shocked to find that the report was accurate. A 19-year-old had stolen a horse, walked it back to his apartment where he thought he could hide it in his home on the third floor. And it was working, but that animal has to go to the bathroom sometimes. And horse poop, it, it stinks. And it was starting to stink up the whole apartment complex, so people were livid. Officers took control of the horse, had to lead it back down the stairs. They then returned the animal to its rightful owner, who had already reported it stolen. And the thief was arrested and charged with theft, of course. And then somebody's got to pick up that mess. I don't know if it's going to be the dude or not, but he's in jail, so probably not. So somebody unrelated to this incident is now going to have to pick up a bunch of horse crap. Not a great gig. There's your headlines. It's the morning after with Nick and Big J. Another keyword in textual healing next on the X. Reminder that band will be in town May 11th, along with Memphis May Fire at the Rev Center. Tickets are on sale right about now. You can grab them at xrock.com if you want to check out Asking Alexandria in person. That is Dark Void here on the morning after with Nick and Big J. You may file this under no doi, but there's lots of reasons why you would want to go out to a restaurant to celebrate, whether it's an anniversary, uh, it's a date, it's a get-together, it's a birthday, it's just for a good time. But uh, I imagine that there are special occasions why you'd want to fancy it up a little bit. Again, a, an anniversary, maybe a birthday is one of the reasons why you would go a little bit more high society when it comes to dining out and choosing some cuisine. But probably shouldn't surprise you that when it comes to Americans, we are way, way, way more likely to enjoy ourselves some comfort food and some casual restaurants as opposed to the fancy reason. Now, it doesn't get into the why, but let me venture a guess why 70% of us would choose comfort food over gourmet meals. And it rhymes with price. Because uh, if you go to a fancy restaurant, you pay fancy restaurant prices. And before you know it, that uh, fettuccine Alfredo and, uh, you know, a drink has set you back $72. And you're like, what happened to my life? Why is this a thing? But uh, according to Americans, the number one thing that they enjoy when it comes to comfort food, pizza. Uh, that tops the list. About 39% say pizza this is their favorite. Then you've got burgers, then you've got spaghetti, and then you've got mac and cheese that are all towards the list. All of those top out higher than any gourmet food on the average Americans. Like, here's what I want to eat list. So there's that. Now, I will say this. If you've ever had a gourmet meal that is amazing... This may change your outlook on what you think about gourmet meals and fancy restaurants, but you pay for that meal. Like, I, I, I will never forget, as long as I live, uh, the first time that I was offered, like, a, uh, a actual, like, full-time job out of state for working for a different company. They took me out to uh, to Roos Chris Steakhouse in Phoenix, Arizona. I had never, I had never even sniffed a Roos Chris Steakhouse. I, I was comically underdressed because I was a young kid and not familiar with the world of of what you're supposed to look like when you eat at a restaurant like that. And so I felt immediately uncomfortable and out of place. But that being said, it was like the best meal I have ever had. Uh, I did not know what good food tasted like uh, until like 19 year old me rolled into Roos Chris Steakhouse. And I was like, oh my God, is this what steak is? Is this how it's supposed to taste? Not like the steak that I put in uh, the oven in my banquet meal. That's this Salisbury steak because that's the only kind I've ever had. This is amazing. Now, I did not have to pay for the bill that night, which made it even more amazing. Uh, but when you do have to pay for the bill, I can understand why. You know what? Why don't we go pizza? 
as opposed to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Now, if you enjoy good food, Roos Chris is excellent, but it is pricier than, let's say, your average pizza joint. So I understand. But uh, listen, if given the choice and I'm not paying, guess what? I society all the way. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you are paying the bill, I, I get it. I get I get why that mac and cheese looks extra good when you're throwing down the card at the end of the night. Morning after with Nick and Big J. If you want to act high society, we've got an opportunity for you to win some sold out tickets to the Beartooth show that is happening on Friday here at the Knitting Factory. Plus, you'll be invited to join us for our Coors Light X session Friday at noon and meet the band and hang out while they perform acoustically. That's happening next with Bad Impressions on the X. Let's do it. Let's do a round of Bad Impressions. The phone number to play is 208-287-1003. The prize is a big one. We have tickets to the sold-out Beartooth show. That is happening Friday at the Knitting Factory. show's been sold out for months. We have your tickets, and then you will also get invited to, with a guest, our awesome Coors Light X session, where Beartooth will be popping by the station on Friday at noon performing acoustically we'll be airing it live on the radio it'll also be on our facebook page to watch the video feed if you like and you will get to meet the band and hang out and be a part of that if you would like to so if that sounds like something you're interested in now would be the time to get on the phone 208-287-1003 for this pretty awesome prize package for a little game called bad impressions which works like this i have three clues they all revolve around something famous in this particular case today, it is a full-on band. And if you can tell me the name of the band in three clues or less, congratulations. These Beartooth tickets become your Beartooth tickets, and maybe we'll see you at the X session. Let's see how it all goes. To the phones we go. Hello, the X. Hello. Good morning. Hi, who's this? Uh, Matthew. All right, Matthew, you're up first. I am looking for a band this morning, okay? Okay. Clue number one, hail to the king. It's been a while since we played Boise. Dude, one and done, Matthew. Well played. <laughs> that is all it takes. Beartooth tickets are yours. You're also invited to bring a guest uh, with yourself to our X session on Friday afternoon at noon. Uh, we will get you all the details. Hold on just one second, Matthew. Don't go anywhere. I'll hook you up. Uh, yeah, it's that easy sometimes. Clue number two was welcome to the family. It's almost easy to forget our first breakthrough hit song was Bad Country in 2005. And then Scream, Nightmare, and Shepherd of Fire are also pretty big hits for us. Yes, I had tried to work in as many Avenged Sevenfold titles into the clues as possible because the answer is Avenged Sevenfold. Why are they in the news? Because they have recently released a teaser for the really cool thing that they're doing. They're doing a virtual reality concert that can be viewed through things like MetaQuest and Apple Vision Pro headsets. Uh, it's going to be available starting today. So today is the day that you can check out Avenge Sevenfold in a virtual concert st setting if you would like to. You have to have, of course, the Apple Vision Pro or the MetaQuest kind of VR sets in order to pull this off, but you download the concert and you can watch Avenge Sevenfold and it's like you're supposed to be there in person. Uh, I do not know how accurate it is, although I watched the teaser on YouTube, which they released yesterday, which did look pretty damn cool. So if maybe you have a MetaQuest headset or you have an Apple Vision Pro, it might be cool to check out Avenged Sevenfold in virtual reality concert style. Morning After with Nick and Big J. We'll wrap up the show here next on the x Prescriptions. That's Audio Slave. That is Like a Stone. And that's going to wrap up the old Morning After with Nick and Big J for this Wednesday. Thanks for hanging out with me all by myself. 
Big J is out the rest of this week. He is in Las Vegas, so we did the solo thing. I uh, had a chance to tell you about fancy food. Had a chance to give away some Jelly Roll tickets before they go on sale. Gave away some Beartooth tickets for that sold-out show tomorrow night. Excuse me, Friday night at the Knitting Factory. That will continue tomorrow here on the show. And even had a chance to watch Streaming Dumbass for one of the few times in this show's history. And I watch players and I say, you know what? If you like romantic comedies, it might be worth a shot. I approved it. Not the best movie in the world, certainly not the worst, but serviceable for romantic comedy if you're looking to kill some time. Uh, it is a decent one, but probably could have been a little bit better. But listen, uh, you know, on a scale, the... the uh, the spectrum of romantic comedies is very wide. I feel like there's a lot more on the bad scale than there is on the good side of things. This one falls a little bit more on the good side. So check it out. It's on Netflix. It's one of the top 10 movies out there now. So you won't be able to miss it if you have yourself an account. And I will be back tomorrow doing more of the same, including some nerd alert action. So be there for that. Next set of X-Rock brought to you by Beacon Plumbing for tank and tankless water heaters, clogged drains, leaky faucets. Toilets that aren't flushing. Stop freaking to call Beacon. Beacon Plumbing, heating and mechanical, your trusted plumbing source. It's online at beaconplumbing.com. That's it for me. Jason Drew's next tomorrow. ZX Rocks. Are you looking to further your career in sales?